Welcome back to Read This Next with Laura and Nicole from the Thunder Bay Public Library. This week we are doing classic lit retellings. Laura, tell us all about it. <laughs> sure. Okay. So um, there is a uh, readily recognizable canon of literature that has been increasingly interrogated in present years as to like what is on it, who gets to decide who's on it, um, you know, how long do things have to stay on it just because it was considered a classic at one point doesn't mean it's a classic now. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the ways that people have been, that authors have been um, kind of engaging with the canon has been through a lot of retellings, which is something people have always been doing, but it's very, very popular. It's very common in the last 10, 15 years, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And in addition to, to retelling, as opposed to just being like, oh, well, you know, this is a classic Shakespearean play, and I'm going to move it to, like, West Side Story. I'm going to move it to the, well, was the present at the time, make it a fun musical. Yeah. Well, now people will kind of remix it in multiple ways at once. So often they'll, um, you know, they'll change the setting to be modern, and they'll also change the the location and they're also changed like the background of the characters um or maybe instead of retelling like the strict main plot they'll pull they'll they'll select like a secondary or minor character and kind of spin out what they're all about mm-hmm. now the fun <laughs> the fun thing about retellings is um in many many ways they're basically fan fiction yeah so people who are like looked down on fan fiction well like these are all basically fan fiction too. <laughs> like, get in on it. <laughs> get in on it, right? It's just anytime you take, uh, you know, characters or plot that have been established by someone else and revisit it for your own story, that is basically what you're doing is, is yeah. a form of fan fiction. Um, and that's kind of what these authors did. So, yeah. so these are legal fan fiction because, well, not that fan fiction is illegal or legal. I won't get into that argument. But these ones are past their copyright ownership. So it'll be interesting to see what comes up in the next like few years. Like um, Sherlock Holmes is slowly becoming <clears throat> more and more in the public domain. So people yes. can rewrite Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. And like, you know, it's something that's in public domain, but also sometimes it's like, how, how much can you kind of make the argument? Oh, this was just inspired by, so you can still work from something that's like a more recent, um, (laughs) more recently published work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we saw, we've got, we've got a real mix of adult and young adult and different types of genres. So, you know, as always, often when we try to do more general topics. Hopefully there's something for everyone. Oh, for sure. you are next then I am next okay this one we're going to a totally different um retelling author we've got tell the wind and fire by Sarah Reese Brennan and this is a retelling of a tale of two cities which Ooh. I have not read I haven't either 
I have not read A Tale of Two Cities. Um, yeah. Okay. So here's the description. In a city divided between opulent luxury and the light and fierce pri- privations, privations, in the dark, a determined young woman survives by guarding her secrets. Lucy Manette was born in the dark half of the city, but careful manipulations won her a home in the light, celebrity status, and a rich, loving boyfriend. Now she just wants to keep her head down, but her boyfriend has a dark secret of his own, one involving an apparent stranger who is destitute and despised. Lucy alone knows the young man's, the young men's deadly connection, and even as the knowledge leads her to make a grave mistake, she can trust no one with the truth. Blood and secrets alike spill out when the revolution erupts. With both halves of the city burning and mercy nowhere to be found, can Lucy save either boy or herself? The drama. The drama. The drama. Charles Dickens, right? Mm, Yes, believe so. Mm -hmm. For some reason, I was thinking it was Shakespeare. And I was like, no. Mm. No. The title, Tell the Wind and Fire, does sound kind of Shakespearean, though. Yeah, it does. It does. (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it sounds yeah. good. It sounds very dramatic, which I like. It does sound extremely dramatic. Uh, yeah, um, sounds good. There's a little bit of magic, um, I believe. What else I believe. has the author written? She does fantasy YA stuff that we've we've certainly covered before. Because I re- I recognize her name. What were you going to mm-hmm. say though? I interrupted you. Oh, I don't know. Just that there's the just that there is magic as well Yay, it is uh, yeah that there's fantasy stuff there um yeah sounds good oh sounds she good. wrote fence that graphic novel about the fencers oh okay you know what i'm talking about i don't i i think of her as uh she's written quite a bit of ya yeah oh i've read her stuff i see it yeah she wrote she wrote some vampire and werewolf stuff she did. She oh, wrote yeah. some fantasy in other lands. We wrecked before yep. her book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. I was just like, I recognize that name, but I don't know why. Very good. All right. Very good. The next one is The Boneless Mercies, and I mm-hmm. love the cover of it. Gorgeous. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And there's actually, there's this was just one version of the cover. There was another one, and it was also very nice. Mm. And I was like, I don't even know which one to use because they're both great. There but. you go. Yeah, good covers. Um, I'm not sure what this one is. A it's an Orpheus myth retelling. Ooh, I love Greek mythology. Okay. Yeah. So this is The Boneless Mercies by April Genevieve Tukulki, possibly? Your guess is as good as mine. Okay, we'll leave it there. They we'll called there. Us, <laughs> they called us the mercies, or sometimes the boneless mercies. They said we were shadows, ghosts, and if you touched our skin, you would dissolve into smoke. Frey, Ovi, Juniper, and Runa are boneless mercies, death traitors, hired to kill quickly, quietly, and mercifully. It is a job for women and women only. Men will not do this sad, dark work. <laughs> Sorry, it's not funny, but it is. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I have to stop you to say I'm wrong. It was her other book that was an Orpheus retelling. This one is a Beowulf retelling. Oh, okay. Very That's cool. important. So I had to interrupt. <laughs> okay, what was carry her on. What's the other one called? Her other one, I think, is The Devil and the Deep Blue Sea. Ooh, that's a great title. I know. Now that I've said that, I'm like, oh, I hope I'm not wrong. Maybe I'm thinking of a different. Could be. Okay, I'll continue. Oh, no, I was right. Between the Devil and the Deep Blue Sea. 
Wow. That's what it's called. Okay. Yeah. I have read Beowulf, though, so we're good on this front. Whew. We're good. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, men will not do this sad, dark work. Frey has no family, no home, no fortune, and yet her blood sings song sings a song of glory. So when she hears of a monster slaughtering men, women, and children in a northern, I think it's Yaldum. Like, I think they're, it's got a J at the front, but I think it's like, uh, anyways, Yaldum. She decides that this, <clears throat> she decides this, the mercies. I think it's this is the Mercy's one chance to change their fate. But glory comes at a price. And then they say it's perfect for fans of V.E. Schwab, uh, Leigh Bardugo, Lainey Taylor, and Melissa Salisbury, which is a whole host of great authors. Yes. Yeah. Whole host of really great fantasy authors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't say I've come across a whole bunch of Beowulf retellings. No. That's cool. Yeah. Yes. So I wanted to include that one in there. Yeah. All right. Our next one, and this is our last, our last general one, yet another uh, new classic. This one is Jumping Off of the Canterbury Tales. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Chaucer. Um, I can safely say I have read like a couple parts, but not the whole thing of this. Nope. Nope. (laughs) But I do know. It's all about storytelling. So, mm-hmm. and traveling. This one is, and tra- <laughs> it is. And so that is what this book is about. Sometimes we tell the truth. It's called by Kim Zarens, a contemporary telling of the Canterbury Tales. A group of teens on a bus ride to Washington, D.C., each tell a story. Some fantastical, some realistic, some downright scandalous, in pursuit of the perfect or the ultimate prize, a perfect score. Jeff boards the bus for the civics trip to Washington, D.C., with a few things on his mind. Six hours trapped with his classmates. Sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. He somehow ended up sitting next to his ex-best friend who he hasn't spoken to in years. He still feels guilty for the major part he played in pranking his teacher and the trip's chaperone, Mr. Bailey. And his best friend, Cannon, never one to be trusted and banned from the trip, has something big planned for DC. Hmm. But Mr. Bailey has an idea to keep everyone in line. Each person on the bus is going to have the chance to tell a story. It can be fact or fiction, realistic or fantastical, dark or funny or sad. It doesn't matter. Each person gets a story and whoever tells the best one will get an automatic A in the class. But in the middle of all the storytelling with secrets and confessions coming out, Jeff only has one thing on his mind. Can he live up to the super successful story published in the school newspaper weeks ago that convinced everyone that he was someone smart, someone special, and someone with something to say? A fresh and contemporary retelling the dark realities of high school and the subtle moments that bring us together. It is, um, uh, there's LGBTQ characters in this one. It sounds, it sounds sounds like a little bit. Yeah. It sounds different. Like it's not, there's, I feel like you could almost take this premise in a way towards some of those like murder mystery ones. Like Mm -hmm. one of us is lying and this and that like six hours trapped on the bus. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, no, it seems gentler than that like the cover it looks kind of cute mm-hmm. yeah so I think it's more kind of a it's like a it seems a like a, a coming of age yeah maybe like a hangout sort of you know like different yeah. types of genres and stuff in the stories sounds like an interesting oh, one this is a really this would be a really smart way you know how people 
and maybe maybe you don't find this, but I don't like anthologies where it's like a billion YA authors that have written yeah. tiny novellas. This would be such a cool way to do an anthology of each story written by a different author. That Skip would be point. cool. Authors yeah. out there who definitely listen to our podcast, feel free to steal that idea. I would read it. <laughs> yeah, that's Having cool. like, yeah, a nice thematic link throughout. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So now we'll go to your rec and then Sounds I'll do mine. Good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So mine is the Penelopead. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but it that's is how I say it too. Right. You just <laughs> we throw can both it out there wrong, with confidence. But... Yeah. <laughs> so this is by Margaret Atwood, and I imagine you've read it because you love Margaret Atwood. Yep. Okay. Um, so this is a retelling of the Odyssey. Yeah. And so I read the Odyssey. I was in IB at Churchill when it was still Churchill in grade nine, and that was <laughs> one of the things we read. Which was really surprising to me. I was like, okay. And then I think in grade 10, they read the Bible, which was very impressive. Okay. Well, if you think about it, how many references are in the Bible? It's, like, it's in true. Other work? So it was yeah. very interesting. I could be wrong, though. Don't quote me. I wasn't there. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is, this is uh, a retelling of Homer's The Odyssey, but from Penelope's perspective. Um, and I've always found those super fascinating. There's also a poem and I can't remember where it is, but it's like a letter to him. And maybe it's, maybe it's this, maybe I'm thinking of this, but anyways, I'm going to read you the description because if you haven't (laughs) read the Odyssey, you're not going to get it and I'm not going to explain it well. Okay. (laughs) Penelope, wife of Odysseus and cousin of the beautiful Helen of Troy is portrayed as the quintessential faithful wife. Her story is, uh, her story, a salutary lesson throughout the ages left alone for 20 years when odysseus goes off to fight the trojan war uh and also like do a whole bunch of other things when he's trying to come home anyways um yeah so she's trying to face scandalous rumors maintain the uh, the kingdom of ithaca bring up her wayward son and keep over a hundred suitors at bay simultaneously when Odysseus finally comes home after enduring hardships, overcoming monsters, and sleeping with goddesses, he kills her suitors and, curiously, 12 of her maids. Um, yeah, so that's really, it's really cute. And I really liked, because in, in the Odyssey, you're thinking the entire time, what the heck, why, is, why did she wait all this time to come back, like, for him to come back? It has been 20 years. That is so long. How, I wouldn't. I wouldn't wait. You would assume, years. yeah. Someone you'd assume someone would say to her like, "It's time to let." It's her time, go. yeah. But I mean, at the same time, when you're reading this, you kind of realize that she's either gonna wait for him or she's gonna have to marry one of the 100 gross dudes that have taken up residence in her house. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, what's the better option? Yeah. Maybe just keep hanging out. <laughs> just, just hoping. And the way that she gets, um, the way that she keeps these men at bay is by saying she'll marry them once she's I think finished either a wedding shroud not shroud veil veil yeah or or is it a death one like for Odysseus to acknowledge that he's died I can't remember but it's very uh 1000 1000 nights um Mm And uh, she just keeps unraveling it every night. And then the, eventually someone catches on. And thankfully, that's when Odysseus comes home. 
good timing there. Yeah, but it's really good. And you also kind of see it from like you, there's little moments where you see it from the son's perspective and then little moments where you see it from like the dog's perspective, which made me so sad, but it's, it's really good. It's really good. There you go. It's really good. It's, uh, it's funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Penelope is yeah. witty. <laughs> She's great. Yeah. So if you're, you know, some of these seem sort of overwhelming, um, the, the idea of the canon or some of them don't really sound like your speed and you're a more literary reader, then this might be the one for you, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And it says mm-hmm. it's a series, which surprises me. I did not know that. So don't remember that ever being a series, but me okay. Neither. I'm clicking into it to see what the other one is. It says it's number two. Oh, uh, I think it's a it's a I think it's a series in terms of the publisher. Oh. Yeah. Yes, like the, right. Yeah, the publisher doing groups of like retellings or something. So not a series. Ignore that. Not really. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, go check it out because it was really good, at least for me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Last one. Our last one. We're bringing it back to Jane Eyre. (laughs) We started with Jane Eyre. We're ending with Jane Eyre. Yes. Okay. So um, one of the, one of the most well-known parts or, or like sort of pieces that have has permeated pop culture from Jane Eyre is the idea of the mad woman in the attic. Mm-hmm. That expression is from Jane Eyre. If you didn't know that is. <laughs> um, and, and what it, what it refers to is that Jane is um, Jane's in this like, you know, drafty old house being a governess um, and uh, Rochester is the, you know, he's the guardian of her ward and they're kind of, you know, looking at each other, but there's, um, there's a mystery in the house. And then she comes to find that the mystery is this man has his first wife locked up in the attic. Spoilers for a very old book. <laughs> well, spoilers, but also now you have to read it. So you find out what the heck happens. <laughs> Yes, he has her locked up in the attic. Um, like, anyway, that's a big part of the thing. And that ends up being a barrier to their love, right? Because how Shocker. is Jane supposed to marry Rochester when he's got his, his, his first wife is still <laughs> hanging around in the house? <clears throat> uh, anyway, so <laughs> many long years ago, the author, Jean Reese, who is um, a Jamaican author, uh, read that book probably in school as like because uh, they were would have been under colonial rule and so it would have been part of the canon right for them and decided that she was going to write back from the perspective of this mad woman in the attic now within Jane Eyre itself it, it is specifically referenced that she is a Creole woman that um that Rochester because he wasn't the oldest son so he wouldn't have had money and an estate it would of course go to the oldest so he basically went and married this um this woman who is a creole woman so like by their standards that's lower status but she had a lot of money her family had a lot of money so that's why he married her and then oh poor him right he imports her back to england and uh, and and ends up ends up shackled to this mad woman so the author Jean Reese was like I'm going to tell her story because boy it seems like that's uh there's probably a lot more going on there (laughs) than was actually uh in Jane Eyre itself and so it 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 follows 
this character um, and her life and her kind of growing up and how she meets Rochester and how she views their relationship originally. And then how he starts to um, become suspicious of her and like, obviously like hugely racist Mm -hmm. stuff going on and hugely like hugely racist stuff going on in Jane Eyre with the depiction of this character. I believe it. Um, Yeah. And then her, and it follows her as she, as she is like moves with him to England and it follows her like into starting to overlap with Jane Eyre. Um, It is so good. It's so good. It's just like really beautiful writing. Like one of the, um, you know, one of the appeal factors we talk about uh, when we're recommending books to people is, you know, do you read for plot? Do you read for characters? Do you read for whatever? Mm -hmm. And one of them that's not quite as, doesn't come up quite as often, but it is, do you read for um, like the lyricism of the, of the, the language basically. And this is one of those sorts of books. Like it's just gorgeous. The depictions of the way she talks about like the, the land in Jamaica and the connection that this character feels to the land and the way that they talk about how her very like pure feelings for Rochester, what she thinks is happening between them, you know, and then how that gets like perverted and destroyed and damaged. It's just so good. It is a, it is a a classic itself now, a classic Mm -hmm. of the post-colonial, like the post-colonial literature canon. Um, amazing. I studied it in school. Like I read it for university um, and loved it so much and have reread it multiple times and is a true delight and uh, highly recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> it's very good. Yeah. It sounds really good. I think, <laughs> yeah, I, I recognize the title too. So I, I bet you, I bet you it was in the same class that we both took. <laughs> I just didn't, didn't pick Maybe. that one up. There's a few. <laughs> You can't read well, we, 10 books every class. <laughs> it's true. You can try, but it, it doesn't always work. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's our, that's our retellings. You ready to wrap us up? I think so. Uh, thank you everybody for watching. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, give us all the stars, you know, all that good <laughs> stuff. Um, we, you can find our show notes. Like Laura said, if you missed any of the titles or authors at TBPL. Nope. Yep www.tbplofftheshelf.com that's correct Um, yeah so you can find us on social medias pretty much anywhere we're at tbpl or tbpl youth and yeah we'll see you again in two weeks bye bye